Shunru Suzuki helped solidify and expand Zen practice in America, pretty much by just showing up. He had an incredibly difficult life in Japan, including abuse by his teachers and the murder of his wife. In coming to America, he not only gave himself a place to focus on his spiritual practice, but he inspired countless others. How did his ministry grow? He sat. He held morning meditation practices. More and more people came, and that was that. In sitting, just sitting, there was a fullness of being, a greater appreciation of life, a feeling in students that maybe there wasn't something wrong after all. Suzuki once said, Usually, without being aware of it, we try to change something other than ourselves. We try to order things outside us, but it is impossible to organize things if you yourself are not in order. When you do things in the right way, at the right time, everything else will be organized. After a while, Suzuki would start speaking too. Before too long, the San Francisco Zen Center was a movement. However, for Suzuki, it was always really about sitting and letting the rest take care of itself. A central teaching for the young American minds he taught was to learn to do spiritual practice without any gaining idea. He shares, Of course, whatever we do is the expression of our true nature, but without practice it is difficult to realize. It is our human nature to be active in the nature of every existence. As long as we are alive, we are always doing something. But as long as you think, I am doing this, or I have to do this, or I must attain something special, you are actually not doing anything. When you give up, when you no longer want something, or when you do not try to do anything special, then you do something. When there is no gaining idea in what you do, then you do something. In Zazen, what you are doing is not for the sake of anything. You may feel as if you are doing something special, but actually it is only the expression of your true nature. It is the activity which appeases your inmost desire. But as long as you think you are practicing Zazen for the sake of something, that is not true practice. So this concept of no gaining idea means not that we should not want greater experience. It is that our minds in spiritual practice should be empty, not full, receptive, not controlling, willing, not willful. For me, this was an essential understanding for me to grasp in my own spiritual practice. Spiritual practice doesn't get me anything. It simply returns me to myself. I might say that it prepares me, but not that it sets some law of attraction into motion, nor makes me any more or less than I already am. In the appreciation of being itself comes the best of what is to be. For Suzuki, the goal of meditation is not to establish anything but a more emphatic way of being ourselves. So we say you have to practice Zazen without any gaining idea, without any purpose even but to practice Zazen. Let things work out as they go, supporting everything as your own. So you have always real you. Real practice has orientation. It has orientation or direction, but it has no purpose or no gaining idea. We do not practice Zazen because of something which is in your mind, but because you know your real you is well-oriented and always extending itself. It has some direction which works always outside and at the same time inside too. And he also says, While you are continuing this practice, week after week, year after year, your experience will become deeper and deeper, and your experience will cover everything you do in your everyday life. The most important thing is to forget all gaining ideas, all dualistic ideas. In other words, just practice Zazen in a certain posture. Do not think about anything. Just remain on your cushion without expecting anything. Then eventually you will resume your own true nature. That is to say, your own true nature resumes itself. At the psychological level, I've often found my biggest neuroses this kind of fear that I'm missing out on all the fun that there's something wonderful going on someplace and I'm stuck at home. 
This may have its roots in my older brother and sister getting to go out when I was young, but I think it's even deeper than that. The challenge for me is this. Can I experience the good of my life while it's happening? For that's one thing, to realize fun is going on someplace and I'm not there, but it's another to know it's right here, fleeting from my lack of ability to embrace and enjoy it. Suzuki's teachings have been vital for me because they have helped me when I am at my best to find a balance of appreciating everything without clinging to anything. This is one of his most important pieces to me. When I was at monastery in Japan, everyone was just doing what he should do. That is all. It is the same as waking up in the morning. We have to get up. At the monastery, when we had to sit, we sat. When we had to bow to Buddha, we bowed to Buddha. That is all. And when we were practicing, we did not feel anything special. We did not even feel that we were leading a monastic life. For us, the monastic life was the usual life, and the people who came from the city were unusual people. When we saw them, we felt, oh, some unusual people have come. But once I had left the monastery and been away for some time, coming back was different. I heard the various sounds of practice, the bells and the monks reciting the sutra, and I had a deep feeling. There were tears flowing out of my eyes nose, and mouth. It is the people who are outside the monastery who feel its atmosphere. Those who are practicing actually do not feel anything. I think this is true for everything. When we hear the sound of the pine trees on a windy day, perhaps the wind is just blowing, and the pine tree is just standing in the wind. That is all they are doing. But the people who listen to the wind in the tree will write a poem, or feel something unusual. That is, I think, the way everything is. Live your life without attachment, but don't forget to listen to it. Go through your days without holding on to them, but don't forget to celebrate them. Let your experiences go as soon as they have passed, but don't resist appreciating them. Who you are is not a being of many parts scattered across time, but of many layers encompassing time. That being said, life isn't always easy. As Suzuki once said, life is like stepping onto a boat which is about to sail out to sea and sink. But Suzuki would probably add that the suffering doesn't really matter. It's the living that does. As the story goes, he expressed jubilation to his students when learning the sickness leading to his death was not a contagious disease. It was just cancer. He could hug and kiss his students again. He shared, Before we were born, we had no feeling. We were one with the universe. After we are separated by birth from this oneness... As the water falling from the waterfall is separated by the wind and rocks, then we have feeling. You have difficulty because you have feeling. When you do not realize that you are one with the river, or one with the universe, you have fear. Whether it is separated into drops or not, water is water. Our life and death are the same thing. When we realize this fact, we have no fear of death anymore, and we have no actual difficulty in our life. When the water returns to its original oneness with the river, It no longer has any individual feeling to it. It resumes its own true nature and finds composure. How very glad the water must be to come back to the original river. If this is so, what feeling will we have when we die? We will have composure then. Perfect composure.